Welcome to the Lightly Salted Podcast. These are the readings and sermons of St. John's Lutheran Church of Park Rapids, Minnesota. They are offered so that the Word of God would shape and strengthen you to be what He calls you to be, salt and light. You can find us at stjohnspr.org. Now, on to the Word. The Old Testament reading for this Sunday comes to us from Deuteronomy chapter 7, beginning at verse 6. You are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for His treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set His love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all the peoples. But it's because the Lord loves you and is keeping the oath that He swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out, of the, out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keeps His commandments to a thousand generations. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle this morning is from Romans chapter 8. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be firstborn among many brothers. And those whom He predestined, He also called. And those whom He called, He also justified. And those whom He justified, He also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for all of us, how will He not also with Him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, In all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the Word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value 
went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So will it be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, yes. And he said to them, therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out his treasure, what is new and what is old. This is the word of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is a day of dread. Now, it may not seem that way, especially since we have this nice cool off from a hot week. But here's why it is. Time for a pop quiz. Don't worry too much, though. <laughs> I'll let you use your notes. Okay. At least you can pull out your bulletin and, and you can look through the gospel reading again, especially those opening verses, you know, just to check and see what you heard. But really, don't worry. It's only two questions. And there are no way tricky questions. I want you to get that right up front. I'm not trying to use subtle language or a mysterious use of a comma to trip you up, okay? You don't even have to, by the way, answer aloud, all right? And I've even made them agree and disagree questions instead of true and false. You know, it's just a little less confrontational that way. So here we go. Agree or disagree. As we search for truth, we are the man and the merchant in the parables that Jesus has just told. As we search for truth, we are the man and the merchant in the parables. Question number two, agree or disagree? Jesus is the buried treasure and the pearl of great value. Jesus is the buried treasure and the pearl of great value. Have you locked in your answers in your mind? All right. The truth is, you should have disagreed with both of those statements. Now, if you didn't, don't feel bad. The deck was stacked against you, actually. The static image that has been on the screen biases you. I mean, really, if the merchant were meant to be Jesus, wouldn't he look more like Jesus? I mean, at least, wouldn't he have a beard? Maybe be a little bit taller, right? And there's all the entire history of the interpretation of these parables since some of the earliest church writers. It has been basically assumed that these parables mean that we must be willing to give up everything. We must be willing to endure everything in order to attain the treasure that is Jesus and His kingdom. But here's the one point that should make a person go, ah, it just 
doesn't quite seem right. If we are the man and the merchant in these stories that Jesus tells, if we are the one who is to sell everything, to buy the field, to acquire the pearl, doesn't it seem to imply that we somehow purchase our salvation? I mean, that's the main action of these stories, isn't it? The man and the merchant, they sell everything in order to purchase the treasure. Now, this might make for an ideal stewardship fundraising campaign, you know, sell everything. Give to us. Be assured you've got the kingdom of heaven. But I think we need to look at the parables again. And this time, look at them with the eyes that say Jesus is the actor of the parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Now, the first thing right away that we run into in this first parable is the kingdom of heaven is hidden from plain sight like buried treasure. I saw a little snippet this week that a guy on his very first time going out with a metal detector found a pot, of coin, a pot holding Roman coins. By the time he finished this whole area, he had found 320 pots with old Roman coins valued at about $10 million. Now, for nearly 2,000 years, people had walked over that spot, maybe even picnicked on that spot. And in fact, the farmer who owned the land had farmed right over that treasure without even knowing it was there. The kingdom of heaven is hidden to the eyes of this world. To the world, the things of the kingdom of heaven look like some water with some ritual and words. It looks like a talking head dressed in robes that nobody wears anymore. It looks like a little piece of wafer and a little sip of wine. It looks like a Jewish carpenter from Galilee who had the misfortune of being crucified. But Jesus also shows us in this parable that the hidden treasure gives value to the entire field. Enjoy, Jesus says. The man buys the whole field. The dilapidated barn, the run-down house, the collapsing shed, the rusty and broken-down tractor. Instead of just redeeming the redeemable or salvaging the salvageable, Jesus comes and dies for the whole world to gain you as a treasured possession. Again, Jesus says in the second parable, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in, fine, in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the problem with this parable is we get distracted by the pearl. And here it is, the kingdom of heaven is like this pearl of great price. 
It's so priceless, you have to give up everything to acquire it. Which is true in its own right. But it's not the point of the parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking pearls. Imagine a Middle Easterner dealing in, in, in his jewelry. He's going to the market. He's looking for bargains. He's wheeling. He's dealing. He's looking ultimately for that one pearl. And when he finds it, the pearl of pearls, the rarest and the finest that ever popped out of an oyster, for the sheer joy of owning it, he sells everything else he has. Now this parable, it's very similar to the first one that Jesus says, but it has just a little different nuance to it. Actually, this parable reminds us of our Old Testament reading today. There, Moses is proclaiming to the people the reason that God chose them. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all the peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you. God loves the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son. The kingdom of heaven is like a seeking God who searches high and low for the one pearl of infinite value, the apple of his eye, the world he created and loves, and finding it gives everything he has, his only begotten Son, in order to make it his treasured possession. And in loving joy, he has given all that he has and is for you, that you might be his own. This is the main driving point behind these parables. God the Son comes down from heaven and is incarnate as a man. Jesus gives up his prerogatives of being God, not using his divine nature at all times. He leaves the throne room. He leaves the unending song of the angels to be born in a stinky stable. He becomes obedient to his earthly parents. He lives in the creation that he himself had made. He knows hunger. He knows thirst. He knows sorrow. He was rejected even in his hometown, even among his hometown people. The all-powerful one allowed himself to be arrested, to be manhandled, to be whipped and spit on and punched, and he didn't fight back, not even with his words. And he didn't fight back as his head was crowned with thorns. He didn't fight back as his hands and feet were nailed to the cross. He experienced the complete and utter rejection of the cross and even the rejection of the Father. And he tasted death. And he was buried like an ordinary human. He exchanged his perfection 
for our sin. His place for our place. His life for our death. In other words, there is nothing that Jesus did not give up. He truly and fully gave up everything for you, His treasure. With single-minded devotion and with steadfast purpose and with a heart and a love that we can never completely understand, Jesus purchased us and won us from all sin, from death, from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. You belong to him. This is the wonderful news. It's not about us giving up everything for the kingdom. It's about God who makes a choice to seek and to save us. It's about the love of God in Christ that stops at nothing to rescue us from a world of sin and death. It's about a God who still works in a hidden and mysterious way in, with, and under the things of this world in order to redeem the world. It's about your value to God. You are precious to Him for Jesus' sake. You are worth His only Son, His shed blood, His innocent suffering and death. Because that's the purchase price for each and every one of us so that we might be a part of His kingdom and live under Him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. In these parables, you are to see that you are of great value to God and dearly loved by Him. You are a precious, priceless treasure and pearl. This last Friday, Pastor Fondo asked me to take his Bible study in Dorset for the day. And, uh, <laughs> well, you guys know how I am with Bible study. Whatever's top of my mind sort of comes out and becomes the focus, at least for a little while. And so this all is racing through my mind, and I'm talking a couple of things out with the good people of Dorset. And I mentioned this. You are precious and priceless treasure and pearl. And I love it because one lady said, no, I'm not. I'm a sinner. I am not worthy of this. There's only one response to that. You're precious. Because Jesus says, you're precious. Jesus demonstrates just how precious you are. You may feel worthless. You may feel as though the world has absolutely no appreciation for who you are and what you do. You may look around and feel extremely insignificant, like you are nothing but a grain of sand or dust in the wind. But God says you're to die for. God bought you. He bought you when you didn't even yet know Him. 
He saved you before you ever got the notion of being saved. He rescued you before you ever called for help. He redeemed you while you were still dead in sin. That's what the kingdom of heaven is. A king who is crucified and risen, who takes away the sin of the world, who takes away your sin, that hidden, costly, all-embracing love of the kingdom is yours in Jesus, and it is most assuredly yours because you have been joined to your king in the blessed waters of baptism. You have been joined to your king again as you hear the good news of your worth in his eyes. You have been joined to the king every time you receive him in holy communion. You are his treasured possession. You are his priceless pearl who now reflects the radiance of his love and his forgiveness to those around you that they too may understand how precious they are. Amen. May the peace of God that transcends all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in your King, Christ Jesus, who died and rose for you, his treasured possession. Amen. Thanks for listening to Lightly Salted. We'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at stjohnspr.org or look for us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Our thanks to Eric Medeish at soundimage.org for Morning Jew. God's blessings.